Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Oh, taxes, the dreaded T word. As this podcast episode comes out, we will be about four days away from the U.S. tax deadline. And whether you have filed your return already or you filed an extension or you're trying to figure out what to do in the next four days, tax season makes business owners feel anxious, stressed out, uncertain, and even scared. So if you are feeling this way, please know you are not alone. The U.S. tax code is complex. I, as a CPA, I don't even know all of the tax rules, and I don't think any one person is capable of knowing all the tax rules, (laughs) to be honest. So if you are feeling this way, please know you're not alone, and it is because taxes are very, very complicated. But here's one thing I want to start off by saying. Please know the IRS is not going to come and arrest you for fraud if you do something wrong. A lot of people are afraid of if they do something wrong on their tax return, if they put something on the wrong line, that they're going to get in trouble, they're going to get fined, they're going to get arrested, and that's really probably highly, highly unlikely to happen. The only reason you would be getting arrested for taxes is for willfully committing fraud, which you are not doing. (laughs) I bet if you're listening to this, you're not doing that. Okay. The worst thing that will happen is they don't like something that they see on your return. They send you a letter. They ask you about it. You have a chance to respond to the letter. You have a chance to fix it. And then you move on with your life. Okay. It's not the end of the world. So let's take that fear away of like getting into major trouble with the IRS. You will have plenty of opportunity to fix it before It even gets to that point where they take massive action against you. And honestly, for making small mistakes on your tax return, they're not, they're not ever going to come after you on some, with some large scale operation. Okay. But here's the thing. I have a couple of core beliefs around taxes and I want to talk about this. And in this episode, I also want to talk about how to make your taxes easier and how to pay less taxes as a business owner. I know everybody is thinking about taxes at this time of year. So I want to talk about ways to make taxes easier for next year, ways to help you plan ahead in 2022 and pay less in taxes when you file your 2022 tax return. And so before I jump into that, I do want to talk about a couple of core beliefs that I have around taxes. Okay. Number one, and people don't always like it when I say this, If you make money, you will pay taxes. If you have income from your business, you are going to pay taxes. And people always are like, well, how do the millionaires and billionaires avoid paying taxes? 
Like, well, that is only the ones that get reported on the news. <laughs> and they avoid paying taxes because of Core Belief 2. To save on taxes, you generally have to spend money. Okay? So I'll give you an example. You can save money on taxes by making a retirement contribution. But you only get to save taxes because you put more money into a retirement account. So you have to have money to put into your retirement account in the first place in order to get the deduction on your tax return. There are a few ways you cannot spend money and save on taxes, but the vast majority of tax strategies revolve around spending money over here to get a tax savings over here. Okay, so if you make money, you will pay taxes. If you have profit in your business, that means you have taxable income. So profit is sales minus business expenses, what you're left over with, is your profit, you will be taxed on that income. So just go into 2022 knowing when you make money, yes, you will pay taxes. And that should not preclude you from making money. A lot of people get super stressed about taxes. They would rather do anything but pay taxes. And some people even sabotage themselves to avoid paying taxes. They think, well, I don't want to make more money this year if all it means is I'm going to pay taxes. You are never going to pay all of your income in taxes, and the more money you make, yes, even after you pay taxes, you are going to make more money, right? So worry about, focus on how do I increase my overall profitability in my business, and then I will talk about in this episode of making your taxes easier and a couple things that are super easy to do to pay less in taxes. So I also will say, this is a big pet peeve of mine, but I see out there a lot of tax strategists who prey on this fear of business owners. I have a new client this year who, when I had the sales call with her, she was like, well, I had a sales call with another accountant who said, one, you're going to owe $10,000 in taxes this year. I can save you all of that money. And two, your audit risk is 40%. And so we need to make sure we get this straight. I know this happens a lot. And oh, by the way, the guy was going to save her $10,000 in taxes, but charge her $10,000 to do the work for her, to save her $10,000 in taxes. <laughs> I hear stories like this all the time where people use this fear of business owners about paying taxes and about being audited to charge them crazy amounts of money to file their taxes. So here's the thing. She, for 2021, did have a tax bill of $10,000. In order to save $10,000 in taxes, she would have had to report zero income on her tax return because the only way to not pay taxes is to have zero income or to do something fraudulent. But she did have income, and so to bring her income down to zero, you would have had to come up with a bunch of crazy deductions, which if she had reported that, the other fear tactic used was your audit rate is 40%. If she had reported zero income with all these super aggressive deductions, that would actually make her audit rate higher because they're going to see all these deductions on her return and say, hmm, is this legit or not? And also, side note, nobody's audit rate is 40%. Um, yes, if you have a business, sometimes that means your audit rate is higher, but you're still talking about an audit rate of less than 1%, y'all. Okay, so... If you haven't figured out, I do not believe in any of these fear tactics. I prefer to approach taxes from a place of we're going to pay taxes. 
we're going to do our best to minimize what we pay, but we're going to minim we're going to end up paying taxes one way or another, and so we're going to make the process easy on ourselves. So there's two elements that you need to make taxes better next year. One, make it easy on yourself. Please do not end up owing a ton of money at tax time next April and have to drain your savings account or set up a payment plan with the IRS that just sucks your cash flow. We're going to make it easy on yourself by setting aside money throughout the year. Two, we're going to pay less taxes by just taking the deductions that you already are spending on and that you already are entitled to. That is the easiest way to pay less taxes without having to go and do next level tax strategies. Okay. So let's talk about number one, make it easy. You have heard me talk about this on the podcast before. Every business owner needs a tax savings account. This can be a business account. This can be a personal bank account. I don't care which. Um, I personally have mine at my personal bank. It is a free checking account, so I don't incur fees because I typically don't keep the money in there long enough to care about the interest on a savings account versus a checking account. What I do every month is I look at my financials. I say, these are my sales minus my business expenses. This was my profit for the month. Out of that profit, I'm going to take 20 to 30% of that profit and set it aside in taxes. So I'm literally taking the cash out of my business account, 20 to 30% of my profit, and I'm sliding it over into that business, the tax savings account. Okay. I do that every single month. And then when it comes time to make estimated tax payments, I use the money in the tax account to pay the estimated tax payments. And then if I've done it well, if I have kept up with it throughout the year, when I go to file my tax return at the end of the year, I don't owe a ton of money or I maybe get a little bit of a refund. I always try to set myself up and my clients up to not owe a ton and also to not have a huge refund if possible. Because if you owe a ton, that means we've not been withholding enough and you've got to come up with the money. If you have a huge refund, that means we overestimated and we missed something and you paid in too much throughout the year. And that's money that you could have put to better use throughout the year. Okay. So you're going to make it easy on yourself by opening up a tax account and putting money in there, using that to pay estimated tax payments. I get this question a lot, even from S corp owners. So if you have an S corp, hear me out. Okay. You still need to make estimated tax payments as an S corp. You have a salary that you are getting via W-2 income, right? You're getting a paycheck out of a payroll system, most likely, or you should be. <laughs> That'll be a topic for another podcast episode. Out of that salary, yes, you have income taxes and payroll taxes withheld from that salary, but you have income above and beyond that salary out of your business. That is your profit. On your personal tax return, you are going to report the W-2 income from your salary that you got and the profit that you have above and beyond that salary. So if you have profit left over, which hopefully you do, you need to make estimated tax payments on that profit. Okay. This is super common. I've actually seen this a few times with new clients this year where they have an S corp and did not make estimated tax payments on the profit above and beyond their salary and ended up also owing thousands of dollars despite having some income tax withheld from their salary. Okay. So that's number one make it easy. Number two is I want to talk about how to pay less in taxes as a business owner. If you are making profits in your business 
if you are making enough money to pay yourself a regular salary on a regular basis, it is time to get a tax accountant. And since you are a business owner, I strongly recommend you look for a tax accountant who also will do tax planning instead of just tax prep. There's a difference in the two, okay? Tax prep is what 99% of CPAs and tax accountants out there offer. And they literally, as part of tax prep, they take your numbers from your financials and your other documents and put them onto your tax return and say, here's your tax return. Here's what you owe. Pay it, sign it, be done. Tax planning is different, okay? Tax planning is done before the end of the year. So like right now, I'm starting to do tax planning for clients for 2022, even though we're just in April 2022. That is where we look ahead at the rest of the year and say, this is what we think your tax bill is going to be based on what we know about your business. And so here's how much money you need to be setting aside. Here's ways we can minimize your taxes. That's actually tax strategy in addition to planning. But tax planning is just taking a minute to say, this is what we think is going to happen and let's make sure you're covered, okay? Tax planning is what most business owners are missing. If you feel like your tax prep person is not doing enough for you, it's because you need them to also do tax planning. And a lot of times that does cost extra money, right? But if you are not comfortable with what I said in the previous note about setting aside estimated taxes and making your tax payments all by yourself, then it's probably worth looking for someone to help you with tax planning, okay? So if you're making enough money in your business to pay yourself a salary, let's say your profits are $50,000 or $75,000 or more, it is time to get help from a tax person. Before you get to that point, I want to talk about a few things that I see missed on a lot of people's tax returns when I do their return for the first time and I look at their prior year returns. These are things that are, I guess, commonly missed but are super easy for you to add back in and this is the easiest way to save money on taxes, okay? Like I said, if you make money, you will pay taxes but there <clears throat> are deductions you are already entitled to that you've already spent money on so you don't have to go out and spend more money to take these deductions I'm going to walk through. None of these things are super fancy tax strategies, okay? Save those for when you hire a tax accountant, okay? So my first tip to make taxes easier on yourself and save money in taxes is to keep your business and personal stuff separate, okay? Have a business bank account that all of your business stuff goes in and out of. All of your personal accounts, separate bank accounts, don't put personal stuff in your business accounts and vice versa. Don't buy business stuff out of your personal account, okay? Keep them separate. The reason is not having organized books is going to make it difficult for you to put the right numbers on your tax return. It's going to make it difficult when you're a year from now, next April, looking back at January 2022 and saying, what was that target charge for? Was that a business? Was it personal? I don't know. I didn't put, put it in the right account, right? And so if you have business expenses on your personal account that you don't put on your tax return, those are deductions you've missed and you've already spent the money, okay? So this is super basic. If you don't have separate bank accounts or if you're not disciplined about keeping them separate, that's something to work on that you can totally implement on your own and it will make your life easier. What goes along with that is use legitimate systems, okay? 
I hate Venmo. <laughs> I really do not like Venmo for business because it is not easy to keep it organized. Use invoicing and payment systems that are actually meant for business like Stripe or Square, right? Use Gusto or another, another system that will pay contractors for you. This helps you again to keep things organized, to not commingle your business and personal stuff. And it just keeps things a lot easier and cleaner for when it is time to do your taxes. Now, here's a deduction that a lot of people, if you're doing your own tax returns, are afraid to take. That is the home office deduction. The home office deduction is there if you have a workspace in your house that you use regularly and exclusively for business. So what that means is if you have a separate room or a separate section of your house that you go and you use that as your business office, and it's not something like your dining room table that you clear off your computer and then you eat dinner there, it has to be separate and regularly and exclusively used for business, then you can take the home office deduction. If taking this deduction feels stressful to you, start with the simplified method. So what that means is you look at the square footage of your home office and you put that on your tax return, you get to deduct $5 per square foot of that office space, okay? So if your office is 150 square feet, what is that? I can't do math off the top of my head. $750, right, that you get to deduct on your tax return. Just doing that, just by putting that number on your tax return, you get a $750 deduction. That is going to save you a couple hundred bucks in taxes. Easy. You didn't have to go out and spend money on something else. You just put the right number on your tax return. You saved money. If you are comfortable with this, or if you have a tax accountant, ask them about doing the actual method. And so that is where you can add up your rent or mortgage interest, insurance, um, real estate taxes, utilities, internet, things of that nature. And you can prorate. So take the percentage of your office to your whole house. You prorate that percentage against all of your expenses and you get to take that portion as a deduction. This can end up being a bigger deduction for a lot of people, but it also requires better record keeping. And so if you're not comfortable doing that, just do the simplified method. Super easy. Don't miss this one. Okay. The next deduction is the mileage deduction. I see a lot of business owners either miss this one or do it wrong. If you are driving your car for business, you can deduct the business percentage of the cost. And you can do that by either taking the mileage deduction. So you track how much you drove for business and you get a rate applied to the number of miles. So for 2021, I think it was 56 cents. And then for 2022, I believe it's 58.5 cents. So if you drive a thousand miles, you do a thousand miles times 58.5 cents. What is that? $580. I can't, again, I'm terrible at math off the top of my head. Y'all don't laugh, <laughs> but you get to take that as a deduction on your return, but only for the business portion. Now, some people want to put like use their business card to buy gas and to pay their car payments and, you know, car insurance and all that stuff. Again, if you are using your car for business, you can take the business percentage of the actual expenses so if you're using your car half of the time for business, you can take half of those expenses. So you have to still, even if you're using your business car to pay for all this stuff, you still need to track how much you're driving for business versus personal so that you don't incorrectly take the personal percentage as a business deduction, okay? 
inevitably people are thinking, can I buy a car in my business? I get this question all the time. The answer is probably you shouldn't <laughs> for most of you. The only people who really need to buy a car in their business are those who are driving that car like 90% of the time for business. And I, this, these are clients of mine who have like landscaping businesses and this is their truck that they use for landscaping or home, home organizers, interior designers, like they're using their car to drive to client sites, to go pick up supplies and things like that, right? You're using your car in that case, the vast majority of the time for business. And so sure, put it in under your business's name. Just having it under your business's name does not mean you automatically get a deduction, okay? Even if you buy it in your business's name and you use it 90% for business, that other 10% technically is not a business deduction. It's a personal deduction. That's why we need good records and we need to keep things organized. All right. Now I'm not going into every nuance of all of these deductions. If I say something and you know, you have not taken this on your tax return before you are interested in it, go ask your tax person or go read about it online. Okay. I'm not going to go into every nuance of every possible thing. And there are a lot of nuances around cars and taking auto deductions on your tax return, but just know you can take the business portion of your use of your personal car as a business deduction. There's no reason not to, if you're actually using it for business. The next one is cell phone. This one, I actually end up adding on to a lot of my clients tax returns every year because they pay for their personal cell phone. And then they use that personal cell phone again, most of the time for business. So you have, you have emails, you have client calls, you have social media, you're taking pictures, right? You're taking notes on your phone, um, as they pop up to you, as you're like walking around. So if you're using your cell phone for business, again, you can take the business portion. So let's say your cell phone bill, you pay a hundred dollars a month between the service and the equipment. That's $1,200 a year. If you use it 90% of the time for business, you can take 90% of that as a deduction or 80%, 75%, whatever is reasonable. I wouldn't take a hundred percent because it's not likely that you're not ever using it at all for personal use. Okay. So take the business portion and put that on your tax return. I mean, a thousand bucks a year as a, as a deduction can save you a couple hundred bucks in taxes. Okay. So the next two are retirement and healthcare. These are my last two suggestions. And these are ones that people miss a lot because they're afraid to take it when they're on their own. Okay. Let's talk about retirement contributions. Everybody I recommend starting off with a retirement account, have either a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA set up. That is super basic. You can have that account, whether you're an employee somewhere or a business owner, pretty much anybody can contribute to this. Yes, there are income limits. I'm not going into all of that in this podcast episode. Um, but if you have a traditional IRA, you can contribute up to $6,000 per year and you get that as a tax deduction. Okay. So if you're making money in your business, then it's usually in your interest to take that deduction for the traditional IRA. And then you get to be contributing to your retirement account. Okay. So win-win. This is an example of you have to spend money to save money on taxes. So you have to have $6,000 to put into your retirement account in order to save money on taxes. Okay. But you're generally going to get 15, 20% of that retirement contribution in tax savings. So if you have the money, it's a good use of it. Once you're doing an IRA, the next level would be to do a self-employed retirement plan. This could be a solo 401k, a SEP IRA. Those are the two most common ones. Those have much higher contribution limits. If you're ready for that, you really, really need to have a tax accountant to help you figure out 
which one to open and how much to contribute. Um, but those are good options if you're generating a lot of cash in your business and you want to put it into a retirement account. Okay, but start with the traditional IRA. If you're not making a ton of money, then potentially look at a Roth IRA. You won't get the tax deduction for a Roth IRA now, but when you take the money out later, it will be tax-free. The reason this is good, if you're not making a ton of money, if your tax rate, if you're in a really low tax bracket, then you're not going to be paying a ton of taxes on your income now. So you're not going to save much by taking a deduction with a traditional IRA. So if you do a Roth instead, you will save money in later years when theoretically you'll have more income. Okay. So retirement contributions, I think it's something everybody needs to do. Even if all you do is put a couple thousand bucks into an IRA, you're still going to get tax benefits. And the last one is healthcare. So as a self-employed person, if you are paying for your own health insurance premiums and you are not eligible, let's say under a spouse's plan, then you can take a deduction subject to rules. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to go into, but you get to take a deduction for your health insurance premiums on your tax return. So if you think back, like when you were employed somewhere, your health insurance premiums were taken out of your paycheck before tax. So you get to take this deduction now because you don't have a paycheck for in most cases, right? That you're having that taken out of. So you get to take the deduction directly on your tax return now. So if you are not eligible through a spouse's plan, then you can do that now. Um, and you also can deduct, like, let's say for me, my husband recently quit his job. And so we don't have health insurance through his employer. So I can set up a health insurance for me, for him and for our son. And we can deduct all of that on our tax return. So, you know, that can add up to be a lot because health insurance is not cheap, <laughs> but it's definitely one I would recommend talking to your tax accountant about, ask them the question, make sure you have the right documentation and the right things set up to be able to deduct that. But that can be a really big one. All right, y'all. So that was a high level overview of how to make your taxes easier and how to pay less in taxes in 2022 when you do your 2022 return. So hopefully if you're thinking about this now and you've put some of these things in place in 2022 to take advantage of them, you will find the tax season next year is so much easier and less stressful than it was for you this year. If you have, if you do only a couple things from this episode, one, go get yourself a tax account and start putting some money into it every month Two, go through the list of um, ways that I talked about to pay less money in taxes, start at the top, right? Keeping your business and personal stuff separate. If you're not doing that, figure out how to do that in your business now, and then work your way down the list until you get to the last ones that I suggested. All right. Just take one thing at a time. Don't try to do all of it at once because I know it can be overwhelming, but these things will help you pay less in taxes and hopefully make your life easier. Okay. If you haven't filed your return yet, I wish you good luck. <laughs> if you need to, don't forget, just go file an extension. If we've, we're four days out from the deadline and if you haven't filed your taxes, just extend it. Nobody's going to get mad at you for doing that. And that will give you some breathing room to figure it out and do it right. Okay. So I'll see you all next week on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. 
If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at CFO on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.